Welcome to episode 272 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 272 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. We're, we're in the Skype studios. We're in the middle of the world, in the middle of the, the internet universe, aren't we? And I tell you, the reason for that is Bevan's up in Auckland, but if Bevan was in Christchurch, we'd still be in the Skype studios because the new studio would not be open today. Why is that, John? Because we've had a ridiculous amount of snow in Christchurch and we're all snowed in. Which is pretty rare for Christchurch, though. We probably get snow, I remember, maybe once or twice in my life. and So it's pretty rare for Christchurch to get this amount of snow, eh? It is, and it's exciting times because the kiddies love it. The kiddies love it. It's funny, you go on Facebook and you see your friends and they've all got pictures of their houses with snow and you kind of think, if you lived in a place that snowed, you'd be thinking, well, what's all that about? Yeah. It's a bit of a laugh, John. It's a bit of a laugh. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For the tastiest tasting coffee in the world. Athlinks.com For the tastiest athletes in the world And Extreme Endurance For the tastiest supplement, although there's no real taste But hey, it's the tastiest supplement in the world Okay, in this week's show we've got some news We've got an age group of the week We have a website of the week, maybe, yeah? Yes, I think so Uh, Coach's Corner, what's that on, mate? We're just basically answering a question On uh, sort of expectations around um, Doing your first, your second Ironman Okay, and lastly we've got a couple of questions And answers at the end and okay, John, we had a few big races on last weekend, and the first one we're going to talk about is Iron Man. Oh, we're going to talk about Iron Man Germany. Uh, Frank, no, the Frankfurter Sparkies Iron Man European Championships. Oh, Bevan. actually, let's get it right, Bev. Okay, so we had that race on last weekend, and you want to talk about the chicks first? Yes, because um, as I said last week, um, I think the, the, the highlights for me for that race were going to be firstly how Michael Raylert was going to do, um, and secondly the the girls' field was was really quite well stacked, and it was going to be interesting to see how that sort of panned out. And um, yeah, I thought we'd focus on the girls first, especially given that Michael Raylert did not race; uh, he pulled out with a back injury during the week, so that was a real shame. But yeah. the girls' race, um, you know, I think everybody expected Caroline Stephen to win, and she did, um, and she. She was just crushing them all um, coming off the bike. But then she only managed to run a 3.27 on the run. Um, she was like a 20-minute lead over a lot of the girls, didn't she? Oh, yeah, yeah. She had, I think she had maybe close to more like 15 um, minutes lead over over second coming off the bike. So it's um, the day <clears throat> over there was quite... Cold, quite uh, quite rainy. Apparently, it was like one of the coldest days I've ever recorded in July in Frankfurt. And, and she commented in her post race comments that she didn't like the cold. Um, so she only ran a three twenty seven. Now that may be um, she blew up. Um, it may be that she was just running running to take the win. Um, it also maybe she's part of the you know Brett Sutton squad that it was that was coach's orders. You know, once you've got the win, no, she blew <coughs> sign up. up. She blew up about two k to go. She had, oh, she did. She had to stop and stretch, and yeah, it all went downhill, and she had to really struggle to get home. So for about two k to go, she actually literally stopped and had to stretch it out, and yeah, and she had to push on through to get the win. 
And so what that meant is between first and fifth place was only six yeah, minutes. Um, and that is just a fast, you know, if you're, and apparently Sam Warren was sitting in third place and she dropped a couple of places in the, the closing stages of the run as well. So, you know, if you're running um, with 10K to go, or even halfway to go, and you're within six minutes of the lead, you know, you've got to be backing yourself that you've got a, a chance of winning this. Uh, granted, the lead may, it may not have been six minutes at that stage because Caroline Stephen might have been further up the road, but that makes for very, very exciting finishing because anything can happen in those final few Ks. So, yeah, Caroline Stephen had a great swim, 49 minutes, but killed them all on the bike with a 4.51 and then only managed a 3.57 for a 9 hours, 12. 3.57. 327 and so 9 oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah 912 on that course is uh, is not particularly fast you know on the guys side we will see Farah Sal Sultan was basically an hour quicker than that so yeah. for the standard of athlete that she is and that the other girls are as well that's quite a big margin so not very fast racing for the girls but but exciting racing and then you had Lucy Zelnikova there in second uh, Sonia Tashink in third. She came home in a 3.04 marathon and ran herself um, sort of through the field up yeah, to third. She, she overtook Van Vluken and uh, Warner just in the last few Ks. So. She, yeah, because she's only, uh, what, about less, about a minute in front of Yvonne Van Vluken and um, not a not a stellar performance by Yvonne. You know, she only ran a 3.09 and we've seen her run, you know, uh, two, in the 250s before. So, but not, not such a good day for her. And then Sam Warren, she's, you know, she's a stellar runner. You'd expect her to run up. She only ran a 3.18 as well. And she's, again, capable of running, you know, should be capable of running three hours flat. So, um, but, but fantastic close racing and, uh, and good to see. On the boy side of things, what was really interesting is that Ferris had been really playing himself down all week saying he didn't feel that fit and all the rest of it. And he just took it to them on the bike and absolutely dominated Dojo. Oh, totally. And he's a great swimmer. So he's always out there in the front and he was in the lead little breakaway group out of the, out of the swim and then um, pushed to the front pretty early and, and really just did a solo effort on the bike and solo effort by putting, you know, 10 to 15 minutes into some of the, the key players. Uh, so just had it one on the, uh, no, coming off the over, bike. It was, oh, no, it was 20 minutes over the likes of Brown and stuff. Yeah, so huge. And then uh, just had you know ran two fifty seven, so not a particularly impressive run, but um, still just got the business done. He had had it easily in the in the bag with a with an eight thirteen. Um, he commented he doesn't really like racing in the cold weather, so I think that's probably why a lot of the times are a bit slow because the day was pretty miserable. I had a, a very quick look on the online coverage, and uh, when they were they were still showing parts of the swim, and it looked pretty miserable. So really good win for him. And and when we talked to Timo Brach, you know this is a big deal for the Germans. Um, yeah. to, to win that race it will give him huge coverage it gets a lot of TV coverage so he'll be stoked it's, it's that. just nice to see him back in the limelight you know it's been a few years he's had a couple of good results in Kona but not you know not like what he did in uh, 2005 so it's nice to actually get him back in one of these key races winning again mm. and Jan Raphael you know he's uh been an Ironman winner, he's won Florida, um, been a really good, consistent performer. He'll be stoked with getting uh, second in 8.19, uh, just a, a balanced race by him. Michael Golner came home in a 2.47 marathon and uh, an 8.20. And uh, yeah, again, we looked, you know, second place was 8.19, dropping down to, you know, in about uh, seventh place was only sort of 10 minutes back. So quite close racing once, you know, Ferris won by six minutes, but then it was pretty close. I guess the, the, the unfortunate thing for the day was really 
Cameron Brown having a bit of a shocker on the bike. He uh, not only did he feel like rubbish and said he was just getting crushed out there and couldn't turn his legs over, uh, he also then got a puncher as well, so lost further oh, time. Okay. It's, it's never nice getting a puncher when it's cold, crappy conditions. But to his credit, he came home in a 2.51 marathon um, when his motivation probably wouldn't have been particularly high and finished in 7th and 8.31. So that'll give him enough points, I'd imagine, to get to Kona. And, and I guess the other disappointment was Patrick Verne. You know, he only managed uh, ninth place. And, you know, we've, we've seen him get multiple top 10s in Kona and uh, and also a lot of races wrote. Uh, so I guess, you know, those two were probably the two you'd think should be able to, to give Ferris Osso on a good push. And, um, and they weren't able to, which is a bit of a shame. The um, the Outlaw Triathlon was on last weekend as well, and it was a big event in the UK. It was, and How Tao nearly took it out, but not well, quite. What was really lovely is I got an email through from James <coughs> Wise One Botel saying How uh, Tao was racing this weekend. He finished second in the Outlaw, given the other big events this weekend. It's likely he'll be overshadowed. Shadowed, but I'm sure a third-tier pro who listens to the show wouldn't mind a quick plug. From his Facebook post, he closed the gap to, within two minutes of the leader, but then blew a very uh, in the very closing stages of the race. So what is it? Yeah, how tell? So it was, it was good racing. I mean, um, first place went to Joel Jameson in eight forty-seven. So that's that's pretty impressive time because we know how tell is a, is a sub nine-hour athlete. So it's uh, you know he didn't massively crush the nine-hour barrier, but well, eight minutes. It's a fairly fairly solid one. How tell was second eight fifty-two, but those are two great performances. Um, you know, those those times and performances would 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 win you. Um, you know. WTC Ironman races in other parts of the world so bloody impressive and then uh, just a small gap back to third 9.44 so those guys were nearly an hour in front of uh, third place it was Dirk <laughs> Bursman's. Um, then on the girls side of things uh, debut performance winning by Catherine Foe in 10.22 and she equally she won by an hour and 10 minutes from Rachel Hall and Jenny Brown and the other one thing from the from this race from the Outlaw was uh, they, had a, they have a team's race there as well and the first team just missed going under the eight hour barrier and that was uh, Tom Lowe, Chrissy's partner who who holds the current UK Ironman record Um, He hates it that it's Chrissy's partner all the time, maybe we should just say Tom Lowe Tom Lowe Okay, yeah, yeah. Tom Lowe. And he, interesting that he teamed up with the guy who won the men's race um, with, I think, his sister or sister-in-law and brother or brother-in-law, and, and they took it out in 801, so they'll be a bit gutted. They didn't quite so manage get, to yeah, break the eight-hour barrier. Splits. No, they've got all uh, the splits are all broken into segments, so it's quite hard to tell um, okay. what they actually did. But it sounds like it's a great, you know, um, for, the, for the guys in the UK, we've said this several times, you know, there's so many choices now. Um, if, if you do the same race every year, just try something a bit different. And this doesn't matter if you're doing Ironman UK or if you're doing Challenge Road, if you do that every year. You know, if you've done races a number of times around, go and try some of these new races. The, the, apparently, the organisers of this race do a great job. The pictures you see um, look like sharp. it's pretty sharp um, organisation. So give these races a crack, especially for you UK um, athletes. You know, instead of going over to all the European ath- uh, races, you know, you've got a, a stack full of races and you need to support them, otherwise, they are going to fall over. Okay, but it looked like they had a great field there. Yeah, we also had Ironman Lake Placid on last weekend. Mm, and 
TJ Tolkienson seems to be uh, seems to be having a really good year. You know, he's been around for a little while, and um, well, he's always one of those guys who's been there or thereabouts, and he sometimes goes out there and crushes a bike and then blows up on the run. But this year, um, he really seems to be sort of coming into his own, and he and he and he won the race in, in really impressive fashion. He swam 50 minutes, so you know, right at the front end of the field there. A lot of the swim times here are high 50s into the hour, and we're oh, talking. Yeah, it's a big, significant difference. Like he was 50 minutes. And then the next guys are like 53. Yeah. And most of them are actually 56, 57. Yeah, I mean, you've got a few age groupers down there. I can see a guy who swam 49, um, but the rest were, were slow finish times. And that was going to be another one of my comments about this top 10 here in a second. But anyway, let's focus on TJ Tolkinson because he won the race. And what was impressive was his bike split. He did 4.33. Um, now, when you look at um, other Ironman races, you say that's a fast time, but he got within um, very, very close of Steve Larson's course record, um, oh, which is sort of 10 years, the late Steve Larson. Mm-hmm. And that guy was arguably the fastest cyclist triathlon has, has ever seen. I mean, I know he doesn't now hold the course record in Kona, but he uh, he just used to just crush everybody. Um, so to be within, within that close, unless they've made course changes, is a very, very impressive ride. And then he um, came home in a 2.56 um, uh, for, for an 8-hour 25 um, race and, and won by eight minutes from last year's winner, Ben Hoffman, who was also very, very close to the bike course record. Just so, the shortest at 41 came in an 8.47. Not, not a bad day at the office of a 250 run. 250 run. He's he's still just trucking it out. Um, And Eduardo Sturlitt, you know, he was in uh, fourth place in 904, and he, you know, he's been a multiple Ironman winner. But I guess my comment about this um, field is down in say ninth place, nine hours 26 for ninth place. I I I think it really shows this massive number of Ironman races that we've got on now is really weakening the fields. I suppose the positive is it means more guys can 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 have a crack at. actually making a little bit of money but I mean um, I have to admit that because I know that I look at we've got the Ironman UK results or, or field up for this week and I was having a look at them before and I was kind of thinking well A there's not many guys racing like, mm. there's only about 10 guys actually racing pro and you kind of go well if I was if I'd stuck at it Mm. Oh, I don't know if it would have been that good but you know it would have been easier to make a living now than what it was three or four years ago well yeah I mean let's let's say you know you, if you were training full time you would have been um yeah, you would have been very close to the nine-hour mark, I'd imagine, in, in Placid. I mean, it's a course that would suit you, and that's going to get you in the, the top five or six um, placings. So I don't know whether it's a good thing for the sport or not, um, but it's certainly I, I don't think pros can be complaining um, of how hard it is to make money in races. I know it's still not a lot of money, but you know, if you're, if you're a serious pro, if you're training full-time, um, to not be getting in, in the top five in a lot of these races is... Uh, you, you're just not good enough, to be honest. I think. You know, I mean, that's a bit harsh, but I mean, you know, if if, if someone like uh, Hal Tao, he's a working athlete. I was a working athlete. If we can go um, nine hours in, in races, if you're training full time, you should be able to do that. If you're a guy, um, you should be able to go somewhere. And that's the benchmark. If you can't do that, um, you should be. You know, it's it's uh, that's the barrier that you should be able to break if you if you're wanting to be a pro athlete. So there we go. On the go. That's on the. Just accept the truth. Accept the, truth. Just yep. accept the truth. Give up. It's a harsh world out there. Get to the corporate life. That's right. And on the girls' side of things, um, uh, Heather Wirtle set a new course record in 9.19. She swam 57. So I think across the board, these swim times are, uh, are slow. You know, only a couple of girls went under the hour mark. 
biked 508 and ran 308. So new course record. Just she she won. La- I think she won last year. She just just crushed it. Uh, she was 16 minutes ahead or so of Tina Dickers and Tyler Stewart in third place. And 9:34 for second for third, and um, 9:38 for for third place. So. Um, yeah, not so much of a close race there, but where did Heather Wordle finish overall? She finished in ninth place overall. So again, nice. pretty pretty solid racing by her, and uh, be really interesting to see how she 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 stacks up in Kona this year because uh, she's clearly got a very strong bike leg and a good steady run. So we'll see how she does. We'll be out in the sidelines. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember at all. Can't seem to recall thinking of her at the time. So. Okay, well, we've got a few races coming up this weekend, and the first one we have is all the, the POMs out there. We've got Ironman UK coming up this weekend, and John was complaining that, well, we haven't got a list for the pros, but who sent it through? Someone sent it through. I don't know. But I mean, I actually went onto their Facebook page and oh. uh, and put a comment on there saying, where's your pro list? Because they had the, uh, I mean, I've got to give Ironman UK some credit here. You go onto there, and they've got all their age groups uh, listed, you know, in terms of the, the you know, who's racing and which age group. Um, and they did have all the bib numbers, but that was sort of somewhere else on the website. It wasn't completely obvious. So good credit to them. They have got it all up there, which is great. you, John? Uh, they did, actually, on the Facebook page. Yes, they did. So well, well done to them. Okay. They probably knew the power of John Newsom. Possibly. Whoa, back it up, everyone. Stop what you're doing right now. John Newsom just made a comment. We've got to get on to it. Got some questions to answer. So, as Bevan said, 11 pro men. Um, no, actually, and a little bit more. There's, uh, there's 12. No, there's not. Oh, no, because why, why have they got that there? What? Well, they've got Paul Hawkins is number eight, because maybe because he finished in the top 10 last year, maybe. Oh, maybe. So, maybe. So, 11 pro men, uh, and only one, two, three, four, five, five pro girls. So, girls should be able to finish in the top five. And you've also got to remember, you've also got to remember that Tina Dickers, I think they're number 23, uh, I think she raced Ironman, she did an Ironman at the weekend, so I think it's unlikely she'll be racing. But he, oh, so speaking of which, I actually saw Joe Lawn last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I saw her because her and her partner. Wasn't she supposed to be doing Ironman Germany at the weekend? Yeah, yeah. so I saw her maybe Monday or Tuesday or on the weekend, and because uh, I was just about to take off to Boulder, and I was just saying, wait a second, you meant to be doing Germany? She said, yeah, nah. Um, but it was just interesting talking to her because she was saying how, you know, she doesn't even know if she's qualified for Kona yet, and, mm. and they've got to try and go over and qualify, and it's just it's a really interesting, you know, speaking to a pro who's you know of Joe Lawn's standard, who's got sub ten sub, I mean top ten places in Kona quite a few times, and this cross to Kona still doesn't know she's going to get there, so it was interesting having to talk to her about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember last time we looked at the rankings, she was not. Uh, she would. I don't think she was in the automatic qualifying area, and I thought because she was doing Germany, then she'd get enough points there to get in. So it is. It's going to be really interesting. I, I, I kind of like it. I think. Um, I think it does obviously tie the athletes to WTC to make sure they do their races. But at the same time, um, we're going to get. If you want to do Kona, you got to go out there, and it's going to be the best of the best. Uh, you get, you, you're going to have to be a very, very decent pro to make that start line in Kona. So it's going to. I think it's going to be a really Interesting race. Well, I'm just interested to see if it's going to change the dynamic of the race at all or if it's just going to mean that, you know, it's going to be exactly the same except you've only got 50 guys and the other 50 would be off the back anyway. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Well, the interesting thing is then, if you go someone like Joe Lawrence, okay, she had a bad New Zealand, so she didn't win the race that she normally wins, which are probably, although points in New Zealand aren't that flash, but, mm-hmm. you know, let's say she, you know, had, you know, that, that's taken her out. Now, the thing is, if Joe Lawrence couldn't qualify, who is normally, you know, top 10 in Kona, mm-hmm. To me, that makes it a worse race. 
Yeah, but I mean, I suppose for if she should have finished, she finished top ten last year in Kona. I don't know where I can't even remember where she finished last year. Yeah. If you if you do that, and if you get another Ironman under your belt and, a, and maybe one or two seventy point threes, that would be enough to get you in. I think it's going to be harder for the guys that uh, that haven't done Kona in the previous year because that does have the points stacked to it. Um, it's that's going to make it a little bit harder for them. So I'm just interested to see how it plays out. I was just interested talking to her because she was saying how she could have gone to Germany and just done the race to qualify but she doesn't really want to be that kind of athlete she, mm. she wants to still be you know competitive and try you know not that she didn't think she could be competitive in germany but um you know she doesn't want to want to do races just to qualify she actually still wants to compete so yeah. well I, th- I think the answer is for those athletes is they need to go and do the races where the points are stacked you know they need to go and do say the north american championships they need to go and do the european championships where the points are heavily weighted um like the asia pacific 70.3 champs so you've got to do the races where the wtc are trying to get the pro fields together where they're putting more money into it um if you play their game i think you'll end up earning more money and uh you'll be earning more points as well and then hopefully we'll get more of these head-to-head battles um so then they'll get more media coverage uh so i think yeah, you know, I, I like. I kind of like what the WTC are doing, and um, and the athletes need to look at the points and the prize money, and uh, and sort of yeah. I just think it's a, they're heading in the right direction. Well, but anyway, I, back just, to you. just quickly, just I just think one thing there it will be interesting going forward from this year because this year is the first year of making it happen. So you know, it's like we don't really know what what how it works yet. Is that mm-hmm. maybe over the next couple of years you will find that happening? You know, pros will actually understand. Okay, it's actually better mm-hmm. for me to go to these races. So you know, it may just be first year jitters. So next week, I think we'll have a look at the um, the pro rankings once they've, they've filed in all the, the Germany results because I can't remember the exact date, but it must be coming up when they're going to have that cut off of the first lot of athletes or maybe it's in August um, when they say, right, from this date on, the first crop of athletes are in and then we do our next sort of the last t- 10 athletes, I think, is uh, sort of more like the end of August. So it's going to be um, yeah interesting times. So Ironman UK, number one seed is Philip Graves, a man who said, I think, maybe even when we interviewed him in Kona, I thought he said he was never going to do another Ironman again. He is seeded number one. Well, there you go. And Stephen Bates. John. He, he did. Lied. Stephen Bayless is seeded number two. He was uh, second last year. And Nick Saunders is seeded number three. Outside of that, you've got the, 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 the Tobinator, Toby Radcliffe, number seven. And that's about the extent uh, of the guys racing. You've got 11, 11 pros in total. On the girls' side, you've got last year's winner, Yvette Grice. And then... Then you've really you, the other names. Um, you're looking at Joe Carrot, um, Monica Stadelman. I haven't heard of before. Tina Dickers, who I think raced at the weekend, and Connie Dobin. So, you know, Yvette Grice won it last year. Joe Carrot is a uh, is sort of trying to make it in the in the pro ranks, um, but no no real sort of top ten Kona athletes there. No Bella Bayless this year, and she was second last year. Um, so we will. Fraser Cartmel, who won the race last year, is uh, is not defending his title. Okay, John. Just a, just a random question as I'm kind of looking at things here. Why is it that they don't have one to well, you know, top ranking numbers in both female and males? And I mean, like I know you're going okay overall numbers, and so you can go okay, well. But with the pros, why don't you have number one for the top chick? Uh that's a very good question, Bevan. I think you need to ask their organisers. I think it's mainly it is because it's a lot more difficult to have two number ones out there. You know, oh, I, I, I guess on. I guess it's pretty easy to tell if they're number, if they're a guy or a girl. But 
uh, yeah. Typically, you're going to start at a X number. You know, the first female in Kona, I think, is normally number 51 or something like that. Um, yeah, but, you know, like in ITU, do they have – they do different races, so it's different, I suppose. Different races, yeah, yeah. completely. Okay, then, um, we've also got uh, Extreme Man in Hungary. Coming up this weekend, it's been it's a long-standing race that's been around for a long, long time. Um, never to, it draws a, a massive field, but it's got a lot of history to it. And we've also got Vine Man coming up this weekend. Long-standing race, mm. been for a long, long time. So good work with the people at Vine Man. Okay, John uh, uh, Troy Juicinator, Nick Morales, sent us through an email talking about a series called the Hits Triathlon Series, which is being announced within America. It looks like they're going to be doing five distances over a weekend of racing. It's going to be interesting because this has also got quite a bit of coverage on some of the other websites on um, the Triathlete magazine and also on Slow Twitch. They've got an interview with the guy who's sort of behind it and it certainly is not a Mickey Mouse outfit. The guy that runs it uh, also runs an equestrian series in the States which is uh, very, very well run apparently and uh, and it's sort of the like the WTC of, of horse racing. So oh, it's really? a pretty... Pretty ambitious um, plan that they've got here. I mean, they've got a lot of racing here. It starts in December and runs December to December. They've got two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen races already scheduled. Um, so it's going to be interesting, and it's. I, I think they're going to be going for a slightly. I don't know, my, my take on it is that they're going to be going after a slightly different audience. You know, they're going to be trying to put on that festival events where you've got all distances. So I. I I struggle to th- see that the the iron distance may not really take off because I think when people go and do iron distance races, they want that that sort of package and, and, and big weekend and the, and the hype around it, whether it be a challenge race, whether it be a, a uh, an Ironman race or whether it be a, a rev race. You know, it's all about the iron distance and you're all in it together and you're standing on that start line. There's a lot of emotion attached to it. Whereas if you're having this whole festival of events, I think the the danger they do, I think, is the um, I think the the short course racing will be fantastic and be very popular and 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 there's 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 an, and clearly a need I think in the states from for more and more races from from what we see because they all seem to sell out. Um, but I do wonder if they're going to be able to pull it off for, for the iron distance race. I think all the short course, the half would still be very popular, but. When you're out there doing a full, you want it to be a big deal. You know, you, you only do probably one a year for most people, maybe two. Um, so I do wonder if they're going to be able to pull off the full really, really well. But um, if you think of Challenge Wanaka, when you look at Challenge Wanaka, it really is a, is an event weekend. You've got the you know the Olympics on Friday night, then you have the half <laughs> and the full on the next day, and they have the kids during the week. So maybe they can make it work. It'll be, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It sounds like they've got the infrastructure and, the, and probably the money behind them to make it work. And you know, the American market is just it's just so big that I think um, you know you've got so many series running in America. I guess that's the the danger for your hardcore athlete. They're going to be sitting there going, right? We've got challenge or not challenge. We've got Rev Three. We've got Ironman. We've got the hits. We've got they've also got you know several short course series over there. You got fifty one fifty, and then you've got the the race for the Toyota Cup over there. So I think for the hardcore triathlete, um, it all might start to become a bit blurred and a little bit confusing. But for I think what maybe what they're going to focus on here is sort of a, more of a regional focus and say, right, this is the area we're going to target and try to get all the locals in there rather than trying to make it a big international event with attracting the stars and, and what have you, probably maybe making it more regional. That's my sort of take on it. But uh, The website? I had a very, very quick look on there, but it doesn't look like they're really going after the pro market. I didn't see anything about prize money or anything like that. So, 
Yeah, and I'm, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Well, they've got a lot of backing. There's a company called Leonard Green and Partners, and it's a big um, venture capital firm that has apparently $9 billion in equity capital under management. So apparently they've got a bit of money behind them. So, you know, could be a good thing. Could be. Let's watch this space. Watch this and space, John Newsom. The other thing that Juicenade has got up on his um, really website, cool. website now is he's um, – it's just a really good reference tool for, for for us especially. He's gone through all the Ironman races and he's basically got the top three. I've got a sneeze, Bevan. Okay, go. Have you sneezed yet? I don't know. You've done a good I held it back. It. Oh, good work. I held it back. Um, he's basically gone through all the Ironman races and uh, and got the top three with their times up there. So it's just a good, quick reference tool. And he's sort of highlighted anybody who's gone sub nine on the girls and also sub eight on the guys. Okay, well, John's ITU update. It's exciting times, Bevan. It's John, exciting it's times. It's exciting. Controversy in the ITU world. So we're coming up, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after, is the, the, the London round of the World Championship Series. And this is going to be basically like, it's basically your Olympic trials. You know, everybody is going to be on the start line. And uh, it's, gonna, it's a slightly bigger field than the Olympics. At the Olympics, you have 50 on the start line. At this race, uh, I think they'll be having, seven, I think the 70 is the capacity they have at, w, uh, at World Championship Series races. So it's exciting times um, because most countries are going to have selection uh, of some description associated with the event. So the New Zealanders, uh, if you finish in the, I think it's if you finish in the top eight in your first Kiwi, I think you get an automatic slot. Um, and there is potential for two slots in most of the other countries are going to be deciding some of their slots there. So it's going to be racing within racing, which is going to make it very, very interesting. Um, a lot of the questions for us is going to be around uh, Maka and whether or not he was going to get a start or not. Uh, and because he's not a very, he's, he's not a high-ranked athlete, uh, he, he, he is now on the start list, but he must have been subbed in because wow. priority goes. who's... Listener of the show, he's actually a reporter as well, which is really good. And he was actually saying that uh, Triathlon Australia told him that Courtney Exon, um, who returned home from Australia after some indifferent races in Europe, and who is now linked up with a new coach, Craig Walton, on the Gold Coast, isn't ready to race London. And then he put on top of that, he says, indifferent sounds like racing like crap to me. <laughs> Bit of a turnaround, too. This time last year, Exon was winning the London Super Series Triathlon ahead of Tim Don and generally tearing up the place. So. Well, uh, look, I think there's um, for Australia uh, they, they they will select Courtney Atkinson for their Olympic team because it's a uh, it's a selection only policy for Australia. They just they pick who they want, and he has been last year or two. He's been one of the very best in the world. So I can't see them not selecting him unless he uh, something absolutely dramatic happens. So the pressure for him is not to do London. He doesn't have to do it. They look on that event favourably. Yeah. But his record over the past couple of years uh, that they. They would just, it would just blow me away if they didn't pick him. But Mac is not going for his slot. He's going for the third slot in Australia. And he must have been subbed in because what happens is each country can have a maximum of six athletes in there. And that depends on how high those athletes are ranked. Um, so he, 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 I'm pretty sure that they must have subbed him in for one of their other athletes who was ranked high enough to get an automatic start a la Courtney Atkinson, he would have been entered into the race yep. and then they will have subbed um, Macca in for Courtney Atkinson. So that's how he will have got on the start list. So um, it's going to be really interesting because, as I said, there's going to be races within races. What happened in New Zealand in 2004, I think it was, was we had a selection race uh, in New Zealand. It was uh, it was actually the World Championships. Was that 2004? 
it was whatever year they had it down in Queenstown, 2003 yeah. or 2004. I think maybe it was 2003. I think you're right. It was 2003 because the Olympics were 2004. And so they had a selection race in New Zealand. It was the World Championships. And what happened is Peter Robinson and Olivier Marceau were allowed to ride off the front by the Kiwis, more or less, because that was a race within a race. Hamish Carter and Bevan Doherty and Craig Watson um, and Ben Bright were all watching each other um, because they were worried about being the first Kiwi because first Kiwi was going to get the spot. So that allowed them to ride off the front. And we may see something potentially similar happen here. Um, You know, the top guns are not going to give a toss if Maka gets into the pack and he rides off the front, they're not going to care about him because they know for the top top guys that they're going to be able to run him down, you know, Bevan Doherty, Chris Gemmell, um, guys like uh, Brownlee, Gomez, they're not going to be worried if Maka rides off the front, they can, they can give him uh, a minute, um, I think they probably wouldn't, wouldn't want to give him two minutes, but they can give him a pretty healthy start on the run and know that they're going to be able to run him down, so if Maka can make the bunch like he did in we made the second bunch in Hamburg. Uh, there is the potential for him, I think, to get off the front with a couple of other motivated guys. Um, so it really, for him, it's all going to come down to if he can back up that good swim that he did in, in Hamburg, if he can do that again and get in the, in the bunch. Um, it could be a very interesting race because so many people are going to be watching each other. It's a, it's, it's, it's a simple, it's a, it's a relatively, it is a flat course. Uh, so it's not going to... Yeah, I just think it's going to be. It could be well be a bit of a procession on the bike. The one spanner that could get thrown in the works is if you get that Brownlee factor going. If there's a small break out of the swim, those two Brownlee boys will just drop the hammer on the bike, and there may be a small breakaway off the front. I feel, yeah. but if that doesn't happen, it's just going to. I think it'll probably turn into a bit of a procession around the bike course, so the the chance of breakaway is uh, could be high. Okay, you you got something about teams try getting closer to the Olympics. So you talk about actually picking teams to help each other work for the Olympic medals. No, this is, so what they're really trying to get for triathlon is to get another medal in the oh, Olympics. Okay. Yep. So they have the teams racing where you have two girls, two guys. That's now been included into the Asian um, Asian Games, which is quite significant. And uh, it's just another step for triathlon to be getting this race included in the Olympics, which is going to be fantastic so if they can. teams racing, is that each one does a, a lap or is it? It's, it's, a, it's a relay. It's a super sprint. Um, the distances, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like... It's like a 300 meter swim, yep. 10k bike, yep. 2k run, or something like that. And it's basically uh, two girls, two guys. You can, you can. Uh, I think you have to have maybe the girls go first, but I think after that, then you can spice it up however you want. You know, you can have both girls going, and so there's quite a bit of lead changing that goes on. And uh, yeah, just it's yeah, it is exciting racing. And uh, yeah, I just it'd be fantastic if we can get another sport in to the Olymp- another medal in the Olympics because that will help. All the national federations, yeah, yeah, all the national federations around the world will get more funding, and so it's just got to be a good thing for our sport. Okay, let's do a bit of a quick Tour de France wrap-up. I actually managed to see the last few days because I'm in the hotel room that has uh, Sky TV, so I actually got up and watched the last three days of the racing, and it was pretty exciting racing towards the end there, wasn't it? Pretty exciting, mate. Before this tour, I was so uninterested in it. Um, Really, I wasn't going to be necessarily watching that much of it, but this has been the best Tour de France that I can ever remember, and uh, it was just awesome. Yeah, just uh, just amazing racing. Just you you never knew what was going to happen. You thought potentially people might crack. You know, you thought Cadell Evans might crack. You thought well, Contador might just absolutely rip the legs off them, and then you had Andy Schleck doing a huge breakaway. Then you had Tom. Thomas Voigtler holding on to the yellow jersey. So it was fascinating racing. And I think 
Cadell Evans just rode just a brilliant, brilliant tour. He was there or thereabouts on every single stage, and just he, um, you know, he's been criticised in the past for cracking and stuff. And it's it's a pretty, it's harsh to say somebody sort of cracks and gives up, and and they're they're a wuss and things like that. And so he hasn't had the best the Tour de France. So, oh, yeah, and so he hasn't, he hasn't had the best relationship with the media sometimes because they have been pretty hard on him. And and uh, but he just rode a brilliant tour, so I thought uh, it was a well deserved winner. And uh, the way that he rode that final time trial where he finished in second place and very, very close, only a couple of seconds off the win was, was very impressive. So, uh, And for the sport in Australia, it's just, uh, it's just awesome. So well done to Cadell Evans. Go Cadell Evans. Good <clears> work. <throat> okay, then we've got discussion of the week coming up. And last week we had a discussion of the week. And what was it, John? It was – I'm kind of – Hold on. You've missed, you've missed a section, Bevan. You should follow the show notes. Oh, Athlinks. Oh, sponsor. Sponsor. com. And that you've, you've still got the deal up there for Athlinks. If you want to get your pair of uh, CE pre-compression socks, I've still got the, the discount up there. So just go to athlinks.com, click on the outside of the page there, and you go off to a, a site, use the code Athlinks, and you get yourself a nice little discount on some, some fancy uh, compression socks, which I love wearing. Uh, um, and this weekend, Bevan, we've mentioned it. We've got Ironman UK and Bolton coming up. Oh, and we've got a few, there, got a few listeners. Des Atkinson, regular listener on the show. He was, uh, he came over to Poland with me. He's, uh, he's been one of those guys. who has been chasing the elusive Kona spot and he's been to all sorts of different races and he's just missed out a couple of times. So he's going to be going for his Kona spot. Um, also got Adam Tuck, goal finish time, 12 hours. Mark Johnson, First Ironman, my dad will have been uh, my dad will have been dry for one day for for one year. He's surviving his battle. I have no excuse. This race is for my boys, Harry four, Riley three, Alice two months old, and most of all my wife wife Nicola. Without whom this would not have been possible. Goodness me, he's racing with. That's impressive when you got three kids. Me, I'm trained up for an Ironman. Do you think his dad was an alcoholic? Well, that's sort of what he's uh, implying, I'm guess, by being dry and he's surviving his battle. So, yeah, get out there and do the business. Nick Thomas, aiming for 10 hours, see if he can break the 10-hour barrier to live the Ironman dream and qualify for Kona. Um, Marcus Wheelband's out there racing. Kevin Lunku, Adam Tuck, I think we mentioned. Nathan Bradford and Rory Spicer. So good luck to all you guys racing uh, racing. Bolton this weekend, and uh, yeah, this is one of the features you've got on Athlinks, as we've said before, you know, you can check out your competition, check out who's doing particular races, you need to go on there and, and uh, just click on the event tab up at the top there, type in the event you're doing, if it's listed up there, you can just click whether or not you're going to be attending by um, adding to my calendar, and you can also just add in a few little comments there in terms of what time you want to do, and if you're supporting people, you can um, you can just go onto your Athlinks account, log in, and you can send those people a little bit of motivation saying, you know, kick butt this weekend. Well, another thing you can do is put your club in there as well. So if you actually got a local triathlon club and you want to get involved in, on uh, athletes, you can just put your club in there and it's a good way to kind of keep everyone connected as well with results and stuff like that as well. So check out athletes.com because exactly. it's amazing, John. It's amazing. That's Okay, that's right. That's right. Now I'm back on. I'm back on par. So back uh, on par now. Discussion. Um, the speed of the top pros in both males and females seems to be coming down lately. I've seen coming. Don't give me a hard time about that because they said the speed's not coming down, Bevan. They said the speed's going faster, which is a good point. Point. The time of the top pros is going down lately. Why do we think we've seen a shift in the times over the last few year, few years? John, do you want to go first? 
Yep, I'll go Brad Miller. More intensity being built into the longer training sessions seems to be the trend. It would also appear that the train slow to go fast is disappearing. I'd also argue that more people are getting into the sport at an earlier age, so they are getting a, a longer run-up. We're seeing the next generation coming through, T-Bone Miller. T-Bone Miller. Okay, he'll tell because he got second last weekend. Only seven minutes between, this is gold, the men's and women's British Ironman records. Chrissy is finding... Uh, the standard that the women should be aiming for in full-time pro. And men still have a long way to go for the equivalent standard. They should be five minutes faster on the swim, 20 minutes faster on the bike, 15 minutes faster on the run. 7.38 would be the men's equivalent. That's pretty quick. I'd, I'd agree with him there, yeah. I mean, um, I think it up, what Ray Lewis showed. And, a half, and you go, oh, it's 40 years ago. Yeah. Away. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's eight minutes, Bevan. That's eight minutes. I think what Raylert showed and, and, and wrote is uh, there is potential to go even quicker. You know, if he'd had a couple of other guys with him, I think uh, potential to go quicker is, is quite high. Uh, Cameron Griffiths, knowing what is possible will surely help to get people motivated to aim for a quicker time. It's like the four-minute mile. Once one guy has done it, um, then it'll become achievable and multiple, multiple people did it shortly after. Okay, uh, David McMillan saying, depends on where you look. Fastest men's Kona is still 96. Before Chrissy broke the women's record by a minute, it was 93 for the ladies. I bet if you could uh, have put Mark Allen or Dave Scott on an S, a Shivs, uh, S-H-I-V, uh, with some wind tunnel time and some more advanced bike training, they would be setting new records. So... Yep. Nice. Uh, Thomas Peoples. Thomas Peoples finished 13th last weekend in the Outlaw race with a 10.20. Um, just sort of bring that up. He says nice. drugs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just straight to the point. Okay, uh, Peter Colson, back in the day, basically there were four guys racing to win Molina, Dave, Tinley, and Mark. Now there are hundreds of guys who are true professionals. Uh, so that just happens. And my final one will be... Jamie McPherson, deeper pools of pros who are more professional and triathlon is more a more mature sport, so training is more scientific. Uh, Stuart Hanks says ex-endurance and good coffee. Nice. That's right. Nice. And a place to tell their friends. <laughs> That's right. So I think if we look at the guys, and we'll, we'll go into this in the website of the week, um, I don't really think the – I mean, if we take last weekend or the last couple of weeks out of the equation, the guys really aren't going – any quicker than what they, they were going in the 90s, you know. Um, in Kona, the time's still okay, stand. Yeah, okay, maybe. But if we're looking at the very top times, you might say that. But what about overall racing now? Like, if you go at most races, are the times getting faster over time? Like, I know you can say, okay, the top time hasn't really shifted a lot since the 90s other than the last few weeks. But in general, are the, ra- the results slightly faster? Are we seeing records being broken at Ironman New Zealand in comparison to what they were in the 90s? Well, I don't think we are really. I mean, again, I mean, some people can come back at us with the stats, but when I look at Cameron Brown's times in Taupo and I look at the the spread and say the top ten, um, they don't appear to be getting any quicker to me. Uh, if you look at the Kona times, um, I know last year they went quicker because the conditions were fantastic and it was a and it was obviously a very head to head battle. But I think the large reason for that was that that was a little bit cooler on the run. So I don't think across the board that times on the guys' side of things are getting 
especially quicker. I think that the, the advancements in the type, the guys side of things, I think he could almost put down to um, improvements in technology, a little bit of improvements in um, the science around training. So it's been small little incremental bites. And obviously with the sport, growing, yes, you may well get greater numbers of people going a bit quicker, but I don't think the, the winning times are really getting smashed all over the place. The girls' side of things is completely different. Um, one thing I will say about Kona is I think we're not going to see guys going much quicker over the year. I don't think we are, unless this new ruling they've got with the you know having less pros over there really changes the way the bike is ridden because the reason why they can't completely kill it on a mass scale on the guys side of things is because that pace line is so bloody long in Kona, um, the main pack, it's very difficult for them to really crank the bike um, except for those guys that are willing to break away. So I think for the time in Kona, we talk about that eight-hour barrier being broken. What's going to have to happen there is it's going to have to be a small break on the bike that's going to go early. Five or six guys um, that are really committed to drilling the bike and they're able to ride in a small group pace line. Um, but at the moment, as it stands, you know, at the start of the ride, you've got 30 guys in a line together. Yep. It's very, very difficult. You're focusing on, on not drafting, um, and it's very, very difficult for those guys to, to whilst they're going fast, um, to really get their maximum out of themselves on the bike is, is a challenge. And the downfall of that as well is that you might get five guys who can ride like legends, but they often aren't, can't, you know, do a 240 run. So it's mm. like, if you're going to get, you need someone like Crowey to be able to sit in that five guys, and often, and he, he, he's more conservative on the bike, so it's kind of, yeah. So, it's the race is race. It's, you know, you, you, people play to their strengths, they don't really just go for the overall awesome time, time do they? Yeah. yeah. So, if you've got like Maka, Raylert, Van Honecker, um, Lieto, I mean, he'd probably kill them all on the bike, yeah, but yeah. five, say, five of those guys breaking early in the bike, committed to a time, if they put like a million bucks on the line or whatever, however it might happen, yeah. is uh, that's when you're going to see potentially, and good conditions, you know, conditions like last year, um, that's when you, you, may, you may get the eight-hour barrier sort of broken, or at least a course record um, challenge in Kona. So I think that's a challenge for the guys. The girls, I think, is a different story. You know, I think we've, we have to take Chrissy out of the equation to some yeah, degree, because she she's just... Amazing. She's just... Bizarre! It's just it's it's crazy. But you know you, you got to look at that across the board. The girls across the board they are all going a lot faster. Um, and we just we see that from our sub nine discussion last week. So I, my th- sort of think on the girls is a lot of it is it is a lot of it is belief. I think um, because it's like that four minute mile, like somebody pointed out there. Once that 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 nine-hour barrier was broken by a couple of girls, all of a sudden the others all realised that, hey, yes, this is possible and we have to be going this quicker. We have to be riding at, you know, 36k an hour or so on the bike to, to be within a chance. And so I think yeah, they, they've laid their cards out on the table a bit more in terms of going, well, if we want to be competitive in this race, I've got to ride with this girl because otherwise I'm not going to get anywhere. And all of a sudden they, they find that they, they could go quite a bit faster and um, and I think that's just sort of snowballed and, and a lot of other girls got on as well plus I think the depth of the sport in the girls has got um, has got a bit better as well so there's more people pushing there's not so many solo battles out there um, so the girls I think yeah as a combination again you've got that technology factor coming in that may helps them go faster but I think the overriding thing on the girls is is that belief and uh, and that they just have to go that quick if they want to make a living in the sport 
Well, yeah, I, I do think it, surely the fields being strong, although shit, we talk about five people and I'm in UK, but maybe, you know, stronger pro fields for girls nowadays as well. You know, like back in mm. the day, you'd have two girls who pretty much dominated the sport for their period of time. And then, you know, there wasn't much depth in it, whereas now there's a lot more depth. So that, you know, does help the sport overall, doesn't it? Mm. So why why some Chrissy and some of those girls are able to go that quick? Um, if, if we all had the answers to that, we'd all be getting paid a million bucks a month to be coaching them because... No, uh, no, we they don't get paid enough. Uh, that's right. <laughs> okay, yeah. this week's question we've got, uh, and uh, this is a great question. Neil, Neil who sent this? I'm not quite sure which Neil this was, whether it was Neil Skulls or Neil Stafford or uh, Neil well, somebody else. Okay, well, it's a great question. In 1984, there was a try that was based on each leg taking approximately the same amount of time. This was called the Equilateral Triathlon. Ask Scott Molina about it because he took part in it. Uh, the swim leg was 5.6 miles, the bike was 50 miles and the run was 20 miles. The idea was that for a quality athlete, each leg would take approximately two hours. If there was an equilibrium triathlon today, who would be the world champion? Secondly, how many listeners would still take, be taking part if these were the distances? Interesting question, eh? It is. I think the 5.6 mile swim is going to put a few people off. Yeah, that's a, that's a long swim. But a good question, and who would be the world champion if, if, if those distances were um, the case? Melina, if you're listening, pop us through an email. Yeah, yeah. Let us know who, who took it out. Yeah. Melina would have been good at that distance because he was by the, back in those days, they were all pretty good swimmers. So, you know, Mark um, Scott was a good swimmer, Dave Scott was a good swimmer, Melina, um, Mark Allen, they were all pretty, pretty fair swimmers. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if the results would have changed too much back then, but um, these days it would certainly be uh, a lot different. And let's put a twist on this, Bevan. Okay, let's twist her up, John. Let's make it a non drafting swim so people can't just sit in on the swim. How do you do that? Well, you start them off as a handicapped start. Oh, so it's a time trial now. Time trial. It's a time trial. But you can you can do both. You can say if it's going to be a straight race or a, why do you want a time to, why trial. Why do you want to twist it? I like that. Well, idea. because because then you're not you know it's still a, a five point six for the top pros five point six mile swim is going to end up being the same as an Ironman swim. They're going to you know you get a couple of guys breaking off the front and then you have the pack and everybody just sit in the pack. Whereas if it's an individual time trial, um, you'll get guys crumbling a lot more in a big long swim like that. Oh, I want to go further into it, John, but we're already taking too long this week, so we'll leave mm. until next week. Okay, uh, let's not do any music because I can't bother editing after the show. Age, Age of the week. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Gavin Rogers sent this. Tweaky Rogers. Oh, Tweaky. Tweaky. Tweaky Rogers sent through this one. He's got a big email here. I've been coaching Charles Cowan. Cowan. Uh, Cowan, sorry. Uh, 59 years old for five years now, and finally through years of training, we've worked together to get him fit enough to get, have a go at a Kona qualification. His training has been going really well, and he is really committed to Ironman Switzerland, and uh, was 100% sure he would qualify. His account of the race is below. I really feel for him as he could have biked an hour quicker and ran at least 30 minutes quicker had he not crashed his bike. I would have nominated him for age group of the week as a great achievement for getting the finish alone in just under 12 hours and 46 minutes. So here's his email. Uh, what a day. Oh, it's a bit of a biggie. Do you want to wrap it up, John? What does he say? No, you can, you can go okay. for it up. What a day. <laughs> Good swim and transition and, and onto the bike in second place in the age group. Fast 30Ks on the flat rows and kept the heart rate in the low zone too. Nice controlled cycling like that. Then at around 35Ks, I crash, transferring from the TT bars to the bike 
uh, brake bars, I wobbled, touched the left brake front, and the bike went down and I was thrown off, landed on my left shoulder. The guy behind me came off too. He landed badly and did not clip out of the pedals. He landed on his head, cracked his helmet, and blood started oozing from his head. Ooh. He started struggling breathing. An ambulance was called immediately by a resident, and I stayed with him until it arrived. I also wanted, waited until he was strapped to the stretcher, and they seemed to think everything would be okay. I was grazed and my right shoulder hurt, meaning I could not use the arm. I checked the bike and the rear mechanic uh, was um, bleeding in the spokes. I used my uh, well, where am I? I used my good arm to bend it out, but it was not the angle, the good angle, so I could only use one gear. I rode to the next water station, asked for a bike doctor. They told me it would be 15 minutes, so I asked for a helper to bend it by hand. He did a pretty good job, and I was off again and with good four gears back on the bike. So uh, the problem was the hills were next, and I would not go above the 24. And, the, uh, and here is where the hills... Uh, reps became in handy. Finished the bike in 640 uh, with one good arm and so not using tri bars. Happy with the transition, took an age and then off on the run. Stopped for the first aid station and there was a medic who patched up my grazers and then hopped on, holding my shirt and supporting the arm. We also had thunderstorm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is a hard day. After 10Ks, I decided to just run and the pain in the legs would take over from the shoulders. I finished when the run in the 4.39. Overall, 12.46, 7th in my age. Went to the medic at the end and they patched me up properly. So I suggested an x-ray. Blow that, I wanted to sleep. Uh, they also charged me $150 for the GP, which hurt for the shoulder. Looking at the results, the one in my age group did 11.07. The second was 11.16, so uh, out of my radar anyway. A memorable race, but no excuse. Uh, no ex- oh, wait a second, but no ex- exercise for a while. Until the shoulder is fixed. Thanks for your help and uh, all the best. So, well done, Charles. It's a bloody good effort. Bloody good effort. When you carry on, when you've been injured, you've fallen off your bike, you're feeling sorry for yourself, um, and also for Matt, in the middle of your big qualifying race, I mean, he, he crashed and um, and just stuck around with that guy until he was uh, sort of in the ambulance when... Yeah, you know, which is pretty nice, because most people, you, you know what, you, you you think you do the right thing, but, mm. you know, like when the ambulance turned up, you could probably go, okay, well, these guys are here, I could take off, but he actually mm. kind of showed that next level of caring, and went, well, no, I'm going to hang around and see this guy's okay. So, Charles Cohen... You are out. Age group of the week. Age group of the week. Love your work. Nice. Okay. Extreme endurance, John. Tell me about them. Extreme endurance. So what we've got to remember, we talk about extreme endurance um, most weeks. What have they got on their Facebook page? They've got extreme endurance. Have a smartphone. Scan the barcode to check out the extreme endurance video. Oh, I don't have a smartphone, so I can't do that. Um, it is a smartphone. Is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. One thing we just want to bring up this week is just to remind you guys of the uh, the other products you've got um, on Extreme Endurance. Obviously, Extreme Endurance is there to buff your lactic acid, and, and we know it really helps with your recovery from sessions, um, reducing your DOMS. But they've also got their, their other products um, – the, especially the immune boost. So, you know, if you're if you're one of those people that is really struggling with with sickness, I think yeah, first thing, right now, man, I'm sick as a dog. Bevan, yeah, I'll go I'll lecture to you then. I'll I'll, I'll Talk preach to you, John, to you. because I'm, seriously, I've come down with some kind of fever. I'm not feeling good, John. Oh dear, genetic cut. My immune is struggling. 
And Joe's not there to give you a cuddle either. So I think first thing, you know, most people, you need to look at your your, your nutrition and your diet first. Um, that's sort of the, you know, the first indicator, I think, for, for a lot of people. If you really attack your diet in a big way in terms of lots of fruit and lots of vegetables, then um, that's a good thing. But for us athletes that are, that are working at a, you know, a very high rate, it can help to, to boost things a little bit. And their extreme immune boost um, blends over 40 vitamin, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and uh, all into one product. So they've got that as well, and uh, also they've got the Extreme Joint Forty for those guys. You know, maybe um, get a bit sore from the old arthritis as you're going on. A lot of those uh, products seem to help a lot. So, and then they've got the Omega Threes as well. So, yeah, you've got your Extreme Endurance plus you've got your other products on there as well. So it's not just all about the Extreme Endurance. They've got the the, the other I'm supplements as well. So check it out right now, John. And it's got powerful anti-aging protection. Uh, superior mm-hmm. protection against damaging free radicals. Attacks uh, with formula rich with awesome stuff. <laughs> Comprehensive mm-hmm. support for the immune system. Complete bone nutrition promotes cardiovascular help. Supports energy metabolism. Uh, helps maintain healthy eyes. Promotes healthy skin, teeth, and gums. So if you want to get any of that stuff, you get you know you get your discount code. Use a discount code IMTALK and you get uh, a discount on all of that stuff. So get on it. Go to xendurance.com. It's very similar to um, I am Coffees of Hawaii. They have recurring delivery. So mm. You can actually sort out how long, how often you'd need to get you know immune boost and it automatically turn up in your mailbox, John. So check check check, check it out. Nice. Okay, then Even, on uh, Coach's Corner. I think we might save that till next week. We've been going for ages already. Waffling man. Yeah. Okay, well, what do you want to do? Do website, do website of the week. Okay, website. Website of the week. John Levinson, who's the editor of Tri247.com. And editor, I think. What's that? I think he's an editor. I don't know if he is the editor, well, but he's... No, it's got... Is he? Maybe. Yeah, it's got maybe John he Levinson, editor of WWW here. So, okay, I, I take that back. Thanks for the comments and discussion around the show of the Sub 9 Hour Ladies. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's actually something I first published two years ago, and I've been regularly updating, adding to ever since. And with the number of ladies going fast, clearly it's been quite a lot of time. Uh, so he, he did say, he said, well, have I I've done a sub eight? And he has, and he sent a link to that. I'm sure that's going to be the website. But he did say, I just want to get this right, John. You said that you thought it would be low 20s, and I said over 20. And, and you said low teens, and I said okay. Yes. Well, I'm going to defend myself here, Bevan, because I knew you were going to get on your high horse here. because well, I'm right, John, that's why. No, I, I was talking about the number of athletes that I think had broken it. So there's only been 15 athletes that have broken the uh, eight-hour barrier. Um, there has been 23 occurrences that it's been broken. So, you know, several athletes, like Chris McCormick has broken the eight-hour barrier four times. So We can, you know it, John. We can. You, it's not big. Straws. So I give think, it up, uh, John, give it up. As, as per usual, I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> um, but no, there's, there's, again, this is a really good article. He, um, he hasn't... He hasn't quite done the level of um, analysis that he did in the for the for the girls, but it's still bloody good. Um, so we've had yeah 23 occurrences that it's that the eight hour barrier has been broken. We know that um, Andreas Raylert has uh, set the new record at 7:41:33. Prior to the, a couple of weeks ago, Luke Van Leer held that record for a long, long time at 7:50. Um, 
And yeah, I think he makes a point here in his commentary. You know, Chris McCormick, he's got the most number of sub eights, and just his record. You know, he's won. He's done it in a couple of locations as well. He's done it in Frankfurt and and wrote. Um, and just combined with his whole overall record in terms of World Cups, World Championships titles, uh, he's just he's got the full package. The only thing missing from his. Um, selection is, is an Olympic medal and uh, but and he may he may well make it to the Olympics in the next one who knows we'll wait and see but um, well, yeah history will Mecca kind of be allowed to because of the time when he was an ITU athlete like I know um, you know Sydney didn't work out for him and then he decided to go towards you know um, Ironman but in some ways, if we look back in history, like, you know, Dave Scott's look hasn't got a, an Olympic gold medal, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Allen, because it wasn't around, but he was in that real transition time, and he only mm. really had one opportunity. So, if anything, we can probably allow him to not have an Olympic gold medal because of that reason. Mm. I, I, I mean, I think after, when he won his second Kona title, I think that put, I've said this before, that put him from being a great athlete, uh, an, an exceptional athlete, to being on par with the greatest athletes there ever have well, been. And the like, way he won that race. Yeah, so I think you know you, you put um, you put Mark Allen in there, you put uh, Simon Lessing, and you know you'd have to put um, Macker alongside those guys. Now I think it's just such an incredible record he's got. But anyway, well, what's um, interesting with this article is that he's got so he's got all the pieces, he's got the years and the times and all the rest of it, which is really amazing. It's good good work. But it's interesting that when we looked at the girls last week, it was it was either Austria or Rote, which were the two races that always delivered the fastest results. Whereas the men's, it's really just Rote. 16 results out of the 23 come from Rote. Now, Austria mm. has four, Frankfurt two, and Almere has one. But, yeah, it's interesting how in the men's, it it's really just seems to be Rote delivers the fast results. Well, there was, and there was even in the girls, it was like Western Australia, um, and there was certainly a couple of other places as well where they've gone sub nine as well. I mean, Chrissy's obviously been sub nine, lots, lots of different places. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, uh, uh, the, uh, one of the, what was the other really good comment he made is yeah, the, I think the good, the guys side of things, it's it's close. You know, you look at Chrissy. Eight eighteen. That's forty two minutes under the nine hour barrier. Yeah. The guys, you know, it's seven forty, um, seven forty or seven forty one. It's only nineteen minutes under. So the the margin of error for the guys is uh, is a lot smaller. And you know, you look at other people like Rebecca Keat. You know, she went oh, eight thirty something or other. Yeah. So they're they're smashing the nine hour barrier. Those girls, whereas the guys are not absolutely crushing the nine. Well, hour I barrier. think the difference is is a. a if you're top ten in Kona now with the chicks, you're still mm-hmm. you pr- you pretty much have gone to sub nine, you know mm-hmm. most of the yep. top ten girls, top ten in Kona and guys, not many of them would have done a sub eight. No, no, you know I, I mean? agree. And so maybe that top, maybe the, the benchmark for girls now is actually eight forty five or something like that. Mm. If we went down to eight forty five, then you'd actually go well. There'd probably only be a handful of athletes yep. right now who could achieve that speed. So. Yeah, good point, Bevan. Good point. And just lastly, if we look at the years, so um, two thousand nineteen ninety six was the first year someone went sub eight, and the next year we had four. That was that one road race, so it was kind of pretty amazing. And you know, really, it's kind of been the slow kind of journey back to sub eights. But in the last few years, we have started to see them increase in them. We had two thousand nine, we had two; two thousand ten, we've had three; and then this year already we've had four. Although we probably have many more under that. Oh, Western Australia, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. So, good article. Well done to. So the website is 
try247.com and the it's slash article underscore 7187.html if you want to go to the direct link. But we'll have a link on the on the site uh, this week, won't we, Kevin? Yep, it's uh, my job, John. I love it. Good. I love Good. it. Good. Sponsor. Uh, oh. Coffees of Hawaii. I've got a new coffee. Oh, 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 Hun- I haven't seen. Wait a second. 100%. Hilo oh, coffee, and the reason I want there's noises is crying. No, I'll go uh, tend to that later on. There's, there's, there's been a fight, something's going on, <laughs> but anyway, coffees of way. So, they've got this 100% Hilo coffee, and the reason I thought I'd bring that up is because that is on the Hilo is on the, the big island, uh, it's on the far side of the island from where Kona is. So, it's uh, yeah, they've just got a new coffee on there. Uh, use your, your discount code, or they've also got a yes. Fragrant rain. How about that for a name? Yes, it is the wet side of the island. The other side. Ah. It's rain for. They've got rainforests. I think all the guys that do. I'm pretty sure the uh, what was the double iron man over there called Ultraman. Ultraman. Yep. I'm pretty sure that that bikes around to Hilo. I think it is basically from. Kona around to, to Hilo and uh, over that side of the, for- the island yeah there's rainforest and things like that it's completely different apparently to, to the Kona side of um, the John, big island John here's what you Hilo our bright full bodied 100% Hilo coffee is roasted mildly to retain its fresh essence hints of butter and spice are rounded out with floral atones um, aftertones sorry a perfect cup to serve alongside your favourite dessert or morning pastry. Oh, so it's, it's, it works with sweet things, John. I, mm. think, I think I'm going to like this coffee, John. Nice. I like my sweet. And they've got uh, pre-release pricing. Enjoy it in a plain black bag and let us know what you'd like, uh, how you like the taste. Reviews encouraged. Um, so they've got the artwork there now. It's looking, it's looking good. So if you want to get on there, get on. Use your IM Talk code. Um, just get, you can pick those up through our website, imtalk.me, and get yourself a nice little discount and get yourself one of the newest coffees on the market. I like it. I like it when you go on the site. They've got some photos here, and on that page for the Hello John, the workers. You see that one? I can see it. I'm just clicking on it right now. Yep, they look like they're happy to be alive. Nice. <laughs> Huh. Nice. So uh, check it all out on coffeesofhawaii.com. Be the first person to get it and give us a review. That's what mm. we want you to do. Be the first person to get it. Give us a review. Tell us what you think of the Hilo coffee. Yes. Okay, John. Uh, questions and, and answers. Okay. Uh, Funny t-shirts. What's that about? Oh, you got to go. What's that one? You, you were going to mention it last week and you didn't. On our Facebook page, uh, somebody popped something, uh, sort of funny t-shirt up there. We've got quite a bit that, of Facebook, actually. I might do a bit of a Facebook mention here. Wait a second, I'm going to pull up Facebook. Maddie, Maddie Evans. My little sis, Sean oh. Evans, rocking the I Am Talk, loving it. And she's got a picture of her, sort of like a newspaper article style, yeah. and uh, with Kia Car, bring it on, and she's wearing her I Am Talk top. Nice. So, I mean, don't train hard, train smart. It is sensational. Okay, I'll put that on the website this week, John. Nice, okay, good. Website photo for this week. Okay, what other things do we have on Facebook? There's quite a bit of information. Okay, so we've got a bit of a hard time after last week's show, and, and fair enough. Uh, Matt, uh, how do you say that one, John? Uh, Mahalka. Mahalka. Um, hey, guys, all your advice, Andy Potts won Ironman uh, Cozumel last year, so he probably will be going to Kona. So luckily we... Let's wait and see. Hypothetically, yeah. uh, that would yeah. be good. Um, he'll still he'll still need some. We'll have a look at where he's on the rankings next week. So whether he's going to Kona or not will depend on where his rankings are. He has, but I don't recall him having. Well, I could be wrong here. I don't. He did. He did get in the top ten in Kona last year, didn't he? 
I can't remember. If he got a top 10 in Kona, he'd be sweet. But if he didn't have a great race in Kona, then, uh, yeah, well, let, let's wait and see. We'll do our analysis on that next week. Well, good old Chris Weeks is pretty happy that we mentioned uh, himself and a Buskinton Skin Triathlon Club. So uh, just give him some love there. Rob Dallymore was loving the Hunter interview. Nice. Uh, yep. Moral Dilemma, Thomas Babington. Uh, is it appropriate to train in a TT helmet or do you just look like a gimp? Yeah, uh, um, let's see, Matthew Jones replies that. Who cares what you look like? The ones that may take the piss are probably the fat slobs anyway. <laughs> um, but you, you, do, you do look like a bit of a plonker going out in a TT helmet, but you, you need to. If, uh, you know, I don't think it's something you need to go out and train in heaps, but you certainly need to do some long rides in it and your simulation sessions in it to make sure that you're comfortable with it and also in hot conditions um, to make sure you know the ventilation is going to be okay and your head's not going to overheat that's why some guys in Kona don't wear the aero helmet uh, someone like Craig Alexander because he has found that you know his head just uh, just gets too hot doesn't have the ventilation that um, that he requires nice uh, Josh Cabell or Kippo Crabble or Crab I always put out Crab um, I'm in St George Look, it's like they're changing their run, John. They're making it a little bit easier. Yes. I haven't read up on that, but I, I did see the other day that they're going to change it because they do have a big dropout rate. Um, but, the, hey, it's nice to have some good hard races, but they'll also be looking at their bottom line. They want to make sure that their race stays attractive and that people are going to rock up and, and do it. Just, just as a side note before we do the questions that we have written in on the, uh, the show notes, I was on the internet yesterday, John, because I sometimes go on there, and I went to a website called stuff.co.nz, which is a news website, and they mm-hmm. had a piece, and there's a good old Dave Warner made it on stuff.co.nz. Really? Yeah, because they do that cycle with the Tour de France. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah now Dave Dwan, he was wearing his Epic Cat jersey, John, you'd be happy with that? Nice, nice. He just rode along, watching the Tour de France somewhere in Miraval. Nice. Uh, nice work. The one of the posts that I put on um, Facebook as well was uh, there's a guy in Christchurch um, called Dylan McNeese. He's uh, one of our elite athletes, and he's got these. He's doing a little fundraiser, sort of earthquake uh, fundraiser, where you can get these um, what are they call wing socks. They're basically things that cover over your uh, that go over your wing mirror on your car, and um, they're little earthquake. Fundraiser, sort of a Canterbury thing with a um, picture of Canterbury and sort of a silver fern and red and black, which is our colours. So, a small way, an uh, inexpensive way to support um, another sort of earthquake appeal down here. And there's a post up there you can go to nzwingsocks.co.nz to get some. Okay, John, just a couple of other quick things. Um, good old Ed Weston Edwards, uh, a guy, Weston Edwards, sorry, um, he sent through a website called uh, lanyfootrace.com. So, it's a, a foot race across America. Which yeah, so it's yeah, uh, it's called the yeah LA. Uh, it's called the Lanny Foot Race. So I don't know if they say LA in Y, but it's, New York, it's, basically. Yeah, so LA is a New York foot race, and, and it's just insane. Uh, yeah, the, you know, it's if, especially uh, insane. Well, well, let's let's just have a quick look here. Stages. So they go two three thousand two hundred miles, miles, mm-hmm. but in seventy stages. I wonder how long it takes them. Oh, it's on the site. I, I looked at it the other day. I'm just trying to uh, stage overview. Here we go. So it's taking them 70 stages, and so they do one stage each day. So they are currently... 70 days. Uh, 70 days. What's the date today? It's the 25th over here in New Zealand. They're, they're basically halfway now. They're at uh, stage 37, and they're in Ulaga uh, in winter. And it is just insane. They're basically doing... Um, each day, they're sort of doing between, say, 45 and 
260 case. <laughs> but that can't be right. That can't be right. Um, well, they're averaging 45 Ks, 45 miles a day. Miles. Yeah, so 60 odd, uh, 60 odd Ks a day. Um, 73, for, 73 Ks a day averaging. That's, that's just insane. That is and, animal, John. Yeah. Animal. Yeah. Oh, there we go. They've got the Ks down the bottom. Longest stages that I can see is 86.9 Ks in a day. Body, eh? You do something like this, you're going to be recruiting when you're 80. Yeah, but I guess it's one of those things. It's just, it's a long, long way. It's not like they're taking the shortest route across America. They're, they're almost going on an upward diagonal. They're almost taking like the longest route they can possibly take. So I'm sure as you go across that race, they're going to see some incredible things. They're going up to places like Flagstaff and, and like being, being through there. So it's just going to be, um, it'll be some beautiful runs, but uh, it's Phenomenal a long way. Combo. Okay, mm. just one other quick little email we got through from Claire Morton. She was just saying uh, her husband is an avid listener of the show. He introduced me to them as a way to relieve the tedium of treadmill and turbo work when going out isn't an option. We're both triathletes, me only doing sprint distance, but he is about to complete his second Ironman in Regensburg um, on the 7th of August, is, uh, first being Lansgrotty last year. Could you please give him a mention on his next podcast, please? His name is Lee Morton and is hoping to go sub-11 hours. I know he will do it. We have another 11 hour members at our club, so which is the Black Country Triathletes. Um, with our big yellow banner on Iron Man Live. So, Claire and Lee and the Black Country Triathletes, we love you guys. Nice. One nickname we missed out last week was Colin the Convict. Oh, nice. Convict. Uh, um, Bialowski. So he his he was standing, uh, I think, with Alcatraz in the background, and he had his little escape from Alcatraz medal. So I thought the convict. Nice. That's a good one. I like that one. You did well. Uh, so I can't pronounce your surname correctly, Colin, but it's. By a Bialkowski. Bialkowski. Okay, Jombo. Uh, sponsors quickly. Athlinks.com. Um, um, put your, your next race on there. Coffeesofy.com. Hilo. And xendurance.com. Get the boost. There we go. Jombo. Nice. Okay, Jombo, you've been up to what you got? Well, Bevan. Um, <laughs> I'm not, uh, you said that with anger. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, Bevan. I'm 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 in I'm in need of a bit of bike training and uh oh, yeah. so basically my preparation for Epic Camp which is coming up in a couple of weeks time has been my little camp that I organized which gave me four long rides uh and I actually managed to get out for a half decent ride on Saturday I did three and a half oh no, no I did uh 80 k's um and I did 80 k's but I did <laughs> Is that a big ride well, I did over 2,300 metres of elevation gain. So it was, uh, I was out there for, I don't know, three and a half hours or so. So medium distance ride. So ride from uh, home up over the colder Dyers Pass and down the other side and then around <laughs> the Littleton little, little Harbour and then over the colder Port Levy Saddle and oh, okay. da- down the other side and then turned around and came back. And the Port Levy Saddle is basically a 4K climb averaging um, over 10% on both sides. So it's 8Ks eight, eight of climbing at probably around about 11%. Okay, okay. Uh, it's, it's a tough ride. Um, so it was a solid ride and so it was all planned you know to maybe try to do a bit more this week but uh, and maybe another long ride at the weekend and I don't think I'm going to get another ride on the hills before I go to France when when, when are you off to France? (laughs) on August the 8th so it's still a couple of weeks away but we're going to have black ice for Africa on our roads and the snow up the top of the hills is going to be probably 
no joke, probably a meter deep up at the top of the hills, I would imagine. Um, so it's uh, yeah, the riding could be pretty minimal. So I'm a little concerned. Work in the morning. Uh, oh, what day are you coming back? I'll be back. Oh, we have to ride to the work on Friday morning. Oh, I need to be right by Friday. Yeah, oh, be right. I think it's a couple of days. It's supposed to be nice and clear, um, so it's going to clear up. But uh, I think up anywhere with any shade is going to be pretty treacherous. Pretty treacherous. So, other than that, Bevan, um, life is always fantastic in my world. It's just <laughs> life is just fantastic, John. Yes, yes. and Bevan, you've had an exciting week in Auckland. I imagine is it, just by chance. Is it, is it, I don't suppose it's rained up there in Auckland. Yeah, it has rained. Why is that? Yeah. Oh, because it always rains. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. What have I been doing? I've been I've been sick, John. Oh dear. I know, poor me. Because I'm I'm just, you know what? I'm, I'm I've got a really messy hotel room right now. Because normally when you stay in a hotel, they clean it every day. And admittedly, my hygiene when it comes to hotels isn't that flash because I don't really care because it's not your own house. So I kind yeah. of just let everything go. But every day you wake up and but this one they only clean it once every three or four days. That's a bit average. I Tells know. Les Mills to put you in a better hotel. Well, no, the room's really... I'm happy with the hotel. It's just the clean factor. So I'm looking at my room right now, John, and let's put it this way. I wouldn't want Joe to see it. Right. Yeah, because, oh, wow. you know... Because I'm at the new house with Joe now, John, and, uh, and I'm making sure I'm sharpening up. Mm. Because normally when it comes to being clean around the house, I'm... For a bloke, I have to put that caveat on it, for a bloke... I'm pretty clean, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not a mess, you know. You've seen mm-hmm. my, at my house. I'm never, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always pretty tidy. But I don't, I don't mind if a bit of mess happens, John. I allow it to happen, and then I'll clean it up. Mm-hmm. But with living with Joe now, I get up, I, I make sure it's always tidy before I leave for work at night when she comes home. Nice, yeah. You don't want to get in there when you get home, and it's I just. Her, I want to feel comfortable in her own environment, John. I'm thinking of her mm. first. Mm. So that's that's going really well. But now tell I'm up you in Auckland. I'm doing some work. I've got t- a big aerobics video to do tomorrow night, which is kind of cool. It's a big event in my life. And then back home, I, I was running like a legend last week. I ran every day. I did a 20k run on the weekend. Had a really strong run. I did a good run because I went. It's run beautiful run running along Auckland Harbour there, and I kind of just planned to do like an hour 40 run. Um, not really worried about distance, and I kind of just plotted the first kind of half. And then I turned around to come back, and this guy was behind me, and he was a similar speed to me. So just the competitive juices came along, and I blitzed at home, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, and then it's about it, really. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, so life as I know it. So next week could be the first show in the new studios. And we're going we're gonna to have the new mics and everything going, Bevan? Well, I went to a, a – there's a music store next to where I work in Auckland, so I actually went and checked it out and did a bit of a yarn to them, and they showed me what I need. So – I probably need to get that gear before next week, but I would say two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks well, new gear. So next week, well, there might not be a show in two weeks' time because I fly out on Friday morning. Let's put a bit of pressure on you, Bevan. Let's have it sorted for next week. Well, John, I've got a lot of things to do in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a really busy person. <laughs> oh, one thing Let's I do put some to pressure on the audience. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. One thing I do have to plug is I have a new product coming out in Christchurch. Um, I have a product called Get Up to Five, which is, is a, um, it's a run group that's for kind of like the total new exerciser or runner. And it's a, it's a walk group that gets people running 5Ks in eight weeks. And it's a team training package where you do three group runs a week with seminars, education, coaches at every session. And, and I know for this audience, um, and I know, you know, for the people from Christchurch who listen to the show, probably it's not going to appeal to you. But if you do know people, 
people who want to get out and exercise. It's a product that's really for that person. So if you know someone who's struggling with exercise, I'll put a link to it on our show notes, www.imtalk.me, but the website is getup25.co.nz, and it's going to be starting at the end of August. So if you could help me by spreading the word, that'd be really great. I'm, I'm signing Thomas and Felicity out this week. Get them started, John. Devin, we're gonna to have to wrap, we're gonna wrap the show. There's screaming outside my my room. I've got to go sort it out. Okay, sort it out sort it out, John. We're gonna go. We're gonna go shove. We're gonna go shovel snow in our driveway. It's quite exciting. Iron Russ. I'm in. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.